Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new product lines, fabulous pre-owned inventory as well. It's been gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Service department that backs all this up. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Now, I know what the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is reporting. They're reporting the Big Ten football is back. But you haven't seen anything else anywhere else about it. Jeff Petroikis uh, has done a good job covering it. Uh, but again, it's a headline. There are no quotes in there. And so we're going to take a far more cautious approach. But it's important just to let you know that the headline's out there. But whether, the, I mean, the depth of accuracy of it, I'm in a wait and see mode on that. Okay. All right. So just a wait and see mode. All right, let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. I mean, we could have picked the Dallas Stars overtime goal to get them to the Stanley Cup final, but is anybody watching it anymore? They were watching the Steelers last night and Cam Cam Hayward. Jones scrambling again. Hits, he throws, ball lofted in the air, and it's intercepted. Cameron Hayward ends a giant drive. Bud Dupree on the pressure, and that is a gutting end to a marathon march. 19th play, Bud Dupree gets to Daniel Jones with heart and want. That's why he got to Jones on the 19th play of a drive to get the turnover for the Steelers. All right, with uh, limited college football, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, ESPN has struggled forever to get a second Monday night crew for the opening week. And so they turned to Kirk and Chris. And they found that they were excellent. They were good. They are very, very good. They need to do that more often. They're not going to. I (laughs) I would miss them on college football. No, no, because they're back to one game a week. There's only one weekend with two Monday night games. Right. And they have struggled forever to find that second group. They used Mike and Mike one year. They used Chris Berman, uh, Beth Moens. I mean, they've gone all over the place trying to come up with a combination for the second Monday night game. And they said, all right, they looked at – and Chris Fowler was done with the U.S. Open. So Chris Fowler hasn't even done Kyle. Chris Fowler has now done more pro football uh, in the 2020 season than he has college football. (laughs) That's exactly right. Because he's at the U.S. Open. All right, time now to bring in the marvelous one, Neil Kulong, so we can overreact pro and con to everything the Steelers did last night. Welcome, Neil. Great to have you with us. That's good to be here, as always. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 
usher my kid out of the room. <laughs> hey, and the and the dog is out. Yep, the dog is out. There you um, go, beautiful. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from him soon. Though this is the time of the day where people are out walking, so he's got to defend his territory. Nah, that's to say, a couple of our staff members are the same way. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it is um, what we'll call overreaction Tuesday. Um, that's why we bring you on. There's no need to overreact when you're on. Um, so in the context of an opening game, how'd they do? Um, I, I It was kind of an interesting up-and-down game for them. And I, I say it like this. It, it, this really depends on the context you want to use. If, if you want to view this game as you thought uh, Ben Roethlisberger was going to come back and be firing bullets all over the field like he was you know, Tom Brady in 2007 – you're probably a little upset. If you watched Ben Roethlisberger versus Tom Brady in week one last year, you probably should be pretty excited. I mean, it, it, it was a, a huge improvement from where this team was at this time last year. And there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, that said, it wasn't a perfect game. I always get kind of nervous when they have the obvious defensive game plan going into things because you never quite know if that's going right. to work and it, it, it requires a little bit less to maintain a competitive balance um, usually what happens is you, you start off with you know a disaster on special teams that sets up three very easy points and then you get beat uh, largely because you're selling out to stop the run uh, you get beat over the top for a deep touchdown, and you're down in a hole right away. So the, the, the perspective of the game kind of sours, I think, when you're watching it. But um, they maintain their composure, as, as Mike would say. They didn't blink, and they, they played much better the rest of the way, um, particularly in the second half. I thought they were very solid. Uh, when they got kind of the rust off, the jitters out a little bit, and they, they were playing some pretty decent football. But overall, I think you got to kind of worry about – a lack of explosion offensively. They really didn't have many of, of you know real chunk plays that you would want out of an offense with the, the firepower that they have and the way that they were playing it. Uh, you, you thought they'd be able to do a little bit more, but that defense is fast. I mean, they were yeah. all over the field. You, you got a lot of great performances from, from uh, uh, several players. I mean, you have uh, quarterback hits led by Mike Hilton. You've got interceptions from... Uh, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, everybody was everywhere. It, it was a, a very strong game defensively for what they tried to do, which really was basically you're not going to beat us. Saquon Barkley is going to beat us, so we're going to take him out of the game, and they did. I mean, they, they yeah. stopped him for nothing that entire game. Um, you, you expected that from the defense, and there are definitely some concerns offensively, uh, and those concerns are going to continue now. You're on a short week, so – um, we'll, we'll see how they adjust. In, in my opinion, I think the difference for a team is never more apparent from week one to week two. And the Steelers are going to be a good candidate for that. They've got some things they need to work on, but they got to win. Um, that's the most important thing. It's not the easiest thing in the world for them playing on the road pretty much every year nowadays uh, in week one. Um, being able to, to pull that out and you know hopefully recover and recuperate for whoever's left and get ready for Denver. Yeah, and yeah. Sounds like I'm talking about Belichick. It's on to Denver. All right. Uh, on to Denver. On to Denver. <laughs> and, uh, no offense, I can't really evaluate Denver because when that game started last night, I'm like, that's it. I've had enough football. We're out of here. I've had enough of the NFL. Well, you started on Thursday night. It seems like uh, the Texans-Chiefs game was a month ago. 
Yeah, it really does. It's tough. It, it creates such a long sub week. Yeah, you know? the NFL is week one's the worst of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. College football. You know, they used to have that Thursday game all the time, which is a really good game. Kind of got everything going. By Saturday, they're done. The NFL goes Thursday, and then you know, and then there's of course there's college football and high school football. But then it goes Sunday. Then you got two games on Monday. You're like, holy mackerel! Uh, I've told everybody that I thought that the big test for Ben was actually this week and not last week because this is the week that you know after playing he's going to be sore. So does he overcome that soreness and play well this weekend? How do you look at it? I think that's a, a good way to evaluate it. And I, I would say this. There, there was a report from Press Box that at one point Mason Rudolph had put his helmet on and was, was warming up. Um, that isn't to say that he was absolutely going to go in, but it's not common practice for the backup to just start throwing randomly, especially with his helmet on. If, if he's getting the starter ready and he's the guy that's going to throw it back uh, just for the sake of you know keeping his arm warm, that's one thing. But then at that point, too, you saw it on camera. Uh, he had a sleeve on his elbow. To me, early, it, it looked, uh, maybe not even early, maybe more like the second quarter. It, it didn't really look like he was getting a great grip on the ball. I, maybe that was just me, and maybe I'm just kind of mm-hmm. in tune to his injury, and I'm thinking that that's going to be a, a, an issue for him. Um, it, 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 he floated his passes a little bit. Some of that was by design. He wasn't throwing hard. You know, he really right. wasn't trying to, to hit the intermediate mm-hmm. stuff on a line. I, I was wondering what that was about. Uh, they're not going to speak to it at all. He's not going to be on the injury report. But going off what you said, it is going to be interesting to see, uh, now that he's put that film down, how Denver wants to defend that and how uh, Pittsburgh is going to be able to, to, I don't want to say overcome it, but they're going to have to find a way to mask it perhaps a little bit better than they did. Um, his protection wasn't the best. He got hit a few times. Um, it looked like, in, un, unfortunately, on the play where Zach Banner went down, it looked like Ben went down as well. It might have been grimacing a little bit. Um, it, how he recovers from that, yeah, I think it's going to be very telling uh, to where they are. And if he's going to be able to say it, at some point he's able to you know, really kind of let her rip and, and deliver the ball down the field, then right. you know, you, you've got the quarterback that you need. But I'm not sure what his feeling is right now. Um, it, it was a reasonable game from him, but I couldn't help but kind of feel there was some Peyton in, in 2015 throws in there as well. Yeah. Uh, to make it work, though, what made it work for Peyton in 2015 is that he had a running game over and over again. James Conner got banged up again last night, but they've also they also have some depth there. Uh, if they don't have a productive running game and it really then transitions to really them being Ben, how concerning does that get? Uh, very, very. I mean, we, we've seen um, – I don't think anybody reasonably could have said the running game for this team was going to be a strength. No. And if we saw anything last night, it's – you know, not just confirmation of that, but it's probably worse than we thought it was. But it has to got be a good. Yeah, it's got to be enough. In other words, the key for the Steeler running game is be enough. Yeah, they, they've got to be able to convert short. They've got to be able to get ahead of the chains. And these are things they really didn't do uh, in the early portion of the game. I think they're able to wear the Giants down a bit as it went. Snell got a little bit stronger, but there were a lot of blah runs early on in the game. Lots of ones, lots of zeros. They, they weren't running effectively. Some of that was the, the protection up front wasn't great. It was not a great game from the offensive line. 
Um, but it, at the same time, the running backs are, are not particularly fast. <laughs> I mean, really, it, there was a point where they, they run a, a, what they called 22 double back in the day, which is essentially a, a, a left guard power pull off the right side. Right. And Matt Filer pulled, and it, it honestly looked like he was going 70%. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to accuse him of not trying his best or anything like that. But in the past, the, the Steelers' left guard was a savage. You know, these yeah. guys want contact. They right. barreled around that end, and they killed guys. Filer didn't show that to me at all last night. And Snell was running behind it to a point where I was like, well, wait a minute, maybe it's not Filer not going 100%. Maybe it's the fact that he can't get there that fast because Snell isn't that fast. You know, it, right. it, these are questions you shouldn't have watching plays like that. This was this has been a, a Steelers bread and butter play since the 70s. You know, they, they've always run this play very well. Um, and they, they ran it twice, I think, in like three or four plays in the second half, and it didn't look good at all. So things like that are concerning to me. Do they not have the horses to pull the sleigh you know are, are they not strong enough are they not fast enough and they wanted to run power they really did but it, it just didn't happen for them um in the end yes i mean i'm aware of what snell's numbers finished with by that point mm-hmm. you know I, I think they had they, they they had imposed themselves enough to really wear the giants down and this is not a great defensive team this is not a great football team that's right so um, I, I don't know how good Denver is going to be either. Maybe that's not a big deal, but you're you're going to face a pretty substantial test in, in the Baltimore Ravens. You know, if, if that's right. the, the marker that you need to beat, last night wouldn't have cut it at all. So right. I'm not sure where the Steelers are right now. But getting to, to right. your original question, they're going to need to be able to run right. the ball. It's one. Um, it's I'm one, not yeah, sure if they're going to yeah. be able to do that. It's one game. I will say this, but the impression again, the Giants' offense, especially the offensive line, is not very good. But the Steelers came in with the idea that they could play really good defense. Last night, for the most part, they played really good defense. You can play offense to your defense. And I think that that's, you know, and, and, no, I never heard anybody talk about that, but you, you can play offense to your defense. If your defense is really good, you can kind of play any style of offense you want and feel like you can get away with it. And those are the offenses that you'd think would take more chances deeper down the field. You know, they, they go for it on fourth down more yeah. often. Um, I, I liked what I saw Claypool. Granted, it wasn't much. Yep. Uh, he caught the ball. That that's something that you like. He did the things that you kind of expect him to do. He, Good he's start. A, a very agile. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's what you want. But I I can't help but wonder why Ben didn't throw the ball more than twenty yards down the field. You know, it, it, this is Ben Roethlisberger. There are not many games in his career where he didn't have an attempt that was thirty plus yards in the air. Yeah. Um, I I wonder about that. And that's kind of what makes me think. If you've got this defense, uh, you can put teams way on their heels early mm-hmm. if you're going for those quick knockout punches. That's right. And if, if there's a quarterback in history that plays the game like that, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And yep. the, the, he's right in saying this might be the best defense he's ever played with. It's certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were playing like it last night. And they were, they were going to town on two very mediocre tackles. Uh, with the strength that they have on the edge, you know, it's the best we've ever seen Bud Dupree play. And Watt didn't have a bad game by any stretch. He was overshadowed by Dupree. Uh, their their front line was dominant. They had every reason to think we can get away with a couple deep shots. Let's put these guys down 14 rip early and, and see what we can do with that from there. Right. Um, it didn't quite happen that way. The result was kind of the same. They're, they're really just milking the clock away in the fourth quarter. But 
I I thought they'd try a few things deep a little bit more often than they did. I, it seems to me like that would have been in the cards if, if Ben Roethlisberger is able to throw um, the way that we've seen him, if he's able to try to do the things that, that we've seen him do. Um, we, we didn't see that last night. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the game plan is going to be like against Denver. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, all right, so now they get Denver. Yeah, you probably it probably has to be an across the board improvement, but I feel like the starting point is a good one because you already have four wins in the bank. You already got two over Cleveland, two over Cincinnati. So, so you, I mean, the Steelers technically are five and zero right now. <laughs> you hope that's the case. I don't know if you watched that Cleveland game or not. I, just, I, I saw enough of it. Up. I saw enough of it to know that it is another year of Cleveland Browns football. It, it it was amazing to me because I kind of had the same feeling about Cle- I watched their game against Tennessee in, in week one last year and that was an absolute dumpster fire I mean they, they were horrible <laughs> it was laughable how bad they were they yeah. were much better too and got blown out largely because of themselves I mean you, you can't be dropping third and two passes wide open across the middle plays that are designed and drawn up specifically for you uh, to, to make plays around the end I don't know why you're fake punting that early in the game inside your own 30, uh, but you, you ran it right into their strength. You know, if, if you're going to have your punter run in the NFL, don't run it at the team's starting inside linebacker. That's not a good idea. You can't block that guy with a running back. You know, it, 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 a lot of a lot of the things that Cleveland tried to do, I think, was was overcoached. Um, and in the end, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that Baltimore beat them. I, I you know, Baltimore's going to win that game ten times out of ten. You know, they're they're just a much better, much better team, much better coach team. Yeah. A really a rough opponent for yes. Kevin Stefanski. Yes. So are the center Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the most part, I, I thought I think Cleveland's a better team than that, and they'll improve. But you know, it, it's not just Cleveland. It's the fact that you've got a first-time head coach leading a, a team that. You know, he isn't fully put together yet. You, you've got to be patient if you're them. But it, it's no different than Pittsburgh playing the Giants last night. I think that's some of the, the frustration that fans have right now. I, that, they shouldn't have been down ten nothing. You know, know. It, it know. shouldn't have come to that. I know uh, because you're you're playing a Giants team. They had three drop passes in the first two drives, and they kept throwing to the same guy. I mean, they they weren't doing anything offensively. It should have surprised them. Saquon Barkley at one point was averaging about four and a half yards lost a carry. I know, and it, they weren't capitalizing on that offensively. They just weren't as as sharp as you think that they should have been. Right. When you look at a team like Baltimore going up against a, a very similar opponent. You, you hope that there was more. You know, I, I, we didn't see that. But if, if Cleveland plays like they did nine games this season, they're zero and nine and fighting to, to get four wins. And right. I don't know what you do at that point if you're the Browns, because right. none of this should be happening. It's really, uh, really unfortunate for them. But in Cincinnati, um, that was. I mean, you and I talked about this a lot last year when everyone was talking about how Miami was tanking. It's like no, watch Cleveland no. or Cincinnati. They're really tanking. Yeah, Cincinnati. That, that's thank a, you. Yep. They they played a competitive game. You know that, that's not going to be a great team, yep. but I wouldn't be surprised to see them win five. You yeah. know that, that's not going to be the easiest team on, in, in right. the league to beat. Yeah, and they absolutely should have won that game. You know, I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, Randy Bullock uh, he, he went to his right calf after the kick, and then he said that his left calf was the one that was injured. Yeah, the team put down for his injury report both. 
calves was was his yeah. issue. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's a that's a kick to the butt before they cut him, and they haven't done that yet. I'm kind of surprised. I don't know how you you let him off the hook. Weeks young, week is young. Uh, yeah, I always feel in, in any game that I do um, that there are three moments where a team can win a game, and there's three parts. And one of them is in the first half. See, Baltimore did. They won their game in the first half. Steelers didn't last night. They 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 won it early in the second half. But like I always feel there are three times. Baltimore took advantage of one of them. You can win games in the first half, and they did. Hey, Neil, got to run. Thanks so much. Appreciate you very much. And uh, we'll be back with uh, you on Overreaction Tuesday next week. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and, again, Matt yesterday on Overreaction Monday. I I can't keep talking you off the ledge. <laughs> They've got well, a lot of work to do. I mean, look at the picture of your father, you, and Luke. The only one that seems to be taking it in stride is Luke. This is true. And actually, he's really taking it on the chin. He's 0-2 so far. He's not 0-2. The Eagles are 0-2. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that young person's a winner. He's a winner. I promise they'll win a game, I think. I don't know if it's going to happen this Sunday either, but they'll happen eventually. Luke is a winner. He is. No question. All right. Thank God for his mother. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, pleasant good afternoon to each and every one of you. Safe trip to each and every one of you on the way home. Today's show is brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. There's some great deals going on right now. All right, uh... No word officially yet on the Big Ten, so we're waiting. NFL opening Sunday takes a loss from 2019. Essentially, what bailed them out was Tom Brady. May not have been able to bail out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he bailed out Fox. The four broadcast windows, an afternoon doubleheader on Fox, CBS single afternoon game, NBC's primetime Sunday night football game combined. Now, there's good news and bad news for the NFL here. The good news is they are by far the most watched anything. The most watched anything out there. Okay? They ended up with 71.91 million viewers total. Now, some of you may have watched all four windows, whatever, but 71.91 million viewers. That's off only 3% from the same figure a year ago, 74.13. Now you take a deeper dive into it. Buccaneers Saints. So it's Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Obviously, Brady's first game with the Bucks, the big draw. They were up 8% over last year in that same time spot. 
The problem you're going to find is, and then overall, Fox was up 7% for the doubleheader. 8% for that game, 7% for the doubleheader. The problem you're going to find is with the CBS regional games, and these are small problems because these are big numbers still. CBS regional games drew 13.59 million. That's that's a great number. So the NFL is going to certainly uh, feel good about that. What they won't feel good about is that it's 12% down from last year's opening week in that same time spot. Sunday night football. Again, a fabulous number overall, 18.94 million, except it was down 15% from the opener last year. And this opener included the Dallas Cowboys. So NBC down 15%, CBS down 12%, Fox with Brady up 8%. College football. Uh, The game of the weekend that people really watched was Notre Dame and Duke. That ended up working out well for NBC. Got a 2.4 rating, which was double the NBC opener last year. So that was great. But after that, there were no other marquee games. Yeah, there were upsets. Arkansas State beat Kansas State. Iowa State lost its game to Louisiana. Um, And Coastal Carolina beat Kansas. But that doesn't draw people in. Uh, The... That's worse for the Big 12 than the actual TV ratings, to be honest with right. you. But the TV, I mean, when the when the game of the night is Clemson-Wake Forest, okay? So you get Clemson-Wake Forest on ESPN-ABC and Arkansas State against Kansas State. Same window from a year ago. Ratings down 60%. Now, it's not as if Ohio State played Penn State. See, that's where the change is going to be. You're going to find college football ratings being eh until September 26th. And then on the weekend of the 26th, when the SEC starts playing, it's going to kick in. Should the Big Ten get going in the middle of October, boom, it's going to really take off. Right, no doubt. Duke-Notre Dame 2.4 rating, 140% higher than Notre Dame's opening telecast last year. The NBA playoffs beat out college football uh, 3.72 million to 3.54 million. Uh, if it's a different set of games, it's not Clemson, Wake Forest, or Kansas State, and whatever. Look, that's the you know the NBA can beat that out. The NBA cannot beat out a marquee matchup. Can't beat out an Alabama. Auburn and Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Ohio State. Can't beat those games out. Can't do it. Oklahoma, Texas, NBA can't do that. But those are the opening weekend ratings. Now we'll see if the Big Ten gets into the fray. There are reports saying, yeah, 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 but again, I'm not, I'm not quite on board yet till I see something that's got a little more meat to it. And the reason I'm saying that is I want to see some quotes somewhere. 
Another Game 7 opportunity tonight. Is that the Stanley Cup? Or no, yeah. Oh. For the NBA. It's, uh, oh, the NBA. Nuggets yeah, Clippers it's a... Game 7 tonight at 9. That will get some viewers, but will not. The NBA's not rocking the... It's not out there, like, really, like, ooh, look what they're doing. And the NBA's doing... Adam Silver has to be a little bit worried. They're doing no better than okay on ratings. They desperately need hey. L.A. versus L.A. for the West Final. No, they need L.A. versus Boston for the final. Like the Lakers and Celtics. Yeah, that too. That, then L.A., L.A. What, for the conference final in the West, yeah. If it's the, if it's the Clippers in Miami, all right, they might as well be out at a playground at that point. See that's see that's what I've always said. What the acid test for the NBA to me has always been this: the NBA has been very fortunate that the, that the marquee of all marquees usually is right there in their final. So they had Michael Jordan in the finals six years. You know, even when he wasn't in the final, the Knicks were in the final one year, so they had New York. You know, Magic and Bird, L.A., Boston, wow, incredible. Okay. And then LeBron, all those years in a row, whether he was with Cleveland, Miami, then back to Cleveland, they've had him in the finals. And it's it's made it more dynamic. I mean, that is a draw that goes across so many lines. The uh, my I've always said that the big test for the NBA would be the day that suddenly they've got a series where it is Atlanta against Utah. The NFL can put out anybody in the Super Bowl. I mean, anybody in the Super Bowl. I mean, Super Bowl 50 was Carolina-Denver. Yeah, it's Cam Newton. Yeah, it's Peyton Manning. But it's Carolina-Denver. Last year was Kansas City-San Francisco. It wasn't New York against L.A. It wasn't Chicago against Dallas. Can't be Chicago against Dallas. Obviously, they're in the same conference. But you know, you see my point about markets. But then again, as we and, talked about before, Steve, the NBA has done this to themselves. And I'm just I'm talking from a whole perspective here, not just from recent events, because they only focus on the stars, and they only focus on the big market teams. If you're not a big market team and you're not well, winning, you're a nobody, and that's not good business. The NFL does that brilliantly for everybody. Uh, I think your point is a really good one. But you want to know what? Let's take it one step further. You want to know why the NBA does that? Because the NBA, even they know it's their best shot. They know they can't have... Atlanta against Utah in the final, unless somehow, some way you've you've built it up to have the star of all stars against the star of all stars. They they even they know. That's why they do what they do. They know they're not strong enough to do it. Suddenly you've got Minnesota against Memphis in the final. I mean, because it's the final, you'll get people to watch, but you won't get the massive numbers to watch. You can't get the cat, the casual fan, 
makes the difference between a good rating and an awesome rating. The NBA has to promote stars because they know just on team versus team, they can't draw the casual fan in enough to make a difference. They know that. I mean, the NHL is going to take a huge hit. It's going to be Dallas against Tampa Bay. I think, you know, of course I'm saying Tampa Bay is going to finish off the Islanders. But the Islanders don't own New York. I mean, the Rangers do. So it was like, hey, we got the New York Islanders in there. I'm like, okay, well, great, we got Long Island, which is where their fan base really is. I mean, you know, you got Ranger fans, although New York's population has been dropping dramatically in the last six months but um, because so many people have moved. But it is... Um, You know, that's it's the ability to draw the cat. See, this is where college football is so fabulous. College football continually renews its fan base because of the student body. Student body then graduates, gets out into the real world, love the experience of college football, gets back to as many games as possible. Eventually, they become season ticket holders. So they keep renewing their fan base all the time. It's been just terrific. And that's been a great formula. The NBA doesn't have that. As much as they are trying to promote their teams and what they're doing is I mean it's limited. A guy like um, Zion Williamson fans want to watch him. Unfortunately with four minutes to go and he's hit his minutes limit the, the Pelicans don't want to watch him but I mean it's <laughs> see it's it's ridiculous stuff like that. See the NBA, to me, now I really, I, it's a long season, I got it. It's grinding, I got it. I know also, but when you sign your contract, you know what you're signing up for. This load management, minute management, it's like, oh, for goodness sakes. You know? Sorry, the average fan doesn't get into that. Oh, great. Load management. Kawhi's not playing tonight. Great. Well, I think I'm going to go watch something else. And they come up with all this stuff. And, you know, and we know, and, and also, let's be honest, there, there are some people who are turned off by the political activism. But it's more, it's more to it than, than that. And right now, there's so much competition with sports right now. They're all playing at once. The NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL. I mean, this is a time where, I mean, literally, they're all playing. In fact, this is the... I'm trying to think. This might be... I mean, because obviously there's a point in October where the NHL's playing, the NBA's doing preseason games... The NFL's in the regular season, baseball's in the playoffs. Right? 
but right now you've got two in the playoffs, Major League Baseball, which miraculously somehow has made it to the finish line. Uh, how they ever did it, I'll never know. Because remember all the doom and gloom around it. Uh, they're, they're 12 days away from finishing the regular season. They are going to get there. In fact, they're gonna, the World Series is going to be at Globe Life Park in Arlington. They've announced that they're going to do bubbles. They're going to do bubbles. Somehow, some way, Major League Baseball's made it. Somehow, some way, MLS is playing. Right? And I read an article today, and from somebody, by the way, I really like. So I'm not going to get into names. About, you know, trying. What was the what was the word used when it came to college football? Um. Where the heck was it? It's easy for me to find because I know what the article is. Um, but I went through it and I looked at the article. And again, this is somebody I really like. So I mean, I mean, personally, per, I mean, not just not just professionally, but personally, I like this person. And where the heck is it? Uh, college basketball is going to announce tomorrow what they're doing. But the wording was such about all the games missed in college football. And it... uh, And the article was about, I think it was out the, I think it was about the Big Ten. And we're talking about all the, you know, he says, you know, there have been, you know, all these games have been missed. And he, there are four. <laughs> really? Four. Four. And that's the, That's the bottom line. Four. All right. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. 
as we've kind of kidded about uh, no white smoke yet, yet there are some people out there who are reporting, including the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, claiming that from their vantage point they have seen white smoke. Uh, We don't know. Uh, I think we'll just continue to play the waiting game because, let's face it, there wasn't going to be a game this week anyway. You know, it's funny you use that comparison, Steve, because somebody tweeted, I forgot who it was, that it's taken the Big Ten longer to make a decision on this than it was to elect the last pope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's a big decision. Um, I think that the various committees the Big Ten put together, from my understanding, were about as thorough as you could be. And thoroughness does impress a CEO. And university presidents and chancellors are CEOs. So if you walk in there, you say, okay, rapid testing is important. So that's what this test does, this test does, this test does. And we've got multiple options. And here are the costs. Here's how quickly they give you a result. Uh, here's the ease with which we can do it. Here's the other protocols that we're looking at. All right. Now let's talk to the scheduling committee. All right. How can we put this together? I mean, if we've got 14 schools and we want to play eight games in, in nine weeks, how do we go about doing it? X, Y, Z. I'll uh, check in with the TV partners. Uh, can we get all of these games on television between Fox, FS1, ESPN, ESPN2, BTN, ABC? Can we get all these games on? Go through five. So, you know, they've at least got exponentially. Okay. You know, what about the uh, threat of myocarditis and how is, uh, and how are our medical people going to make sure that they're testing for it? What are we looking for? In reality, how rare is it in the COVID-19 era? All these, they have more of these answers today than they had the first time around because more answers were available this time around than when they discussed this back in August.